Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that ye might be filled with all of the fullness of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. In the whole of Ephesians chapter 3, Paul decrees that the mystery of what God was doing through the ages was to bring the Jews and the Gentiles together as one family. Though it had been hidden in times past, now through the revelation of the Holy Spirit given to all men by faith in the atoning blood of Jesus, which made a way for us to be cleansed that we might be able to boldly approach God's throne of grace, to not only confess our sins and be forgiven, but also to receive his Holy Spirit and be born again as a new creation, a new creature into God's family. This shift made possible by the atoning blood of Jesus began the dispensation of grace that we are now presently in. Not even the powers and principalities knew what God was doing, or they would not have killed Jesus, according to the scriptures. It was a checkmate moment that changed everything and elevated redeemed man far above them in rank and in authority, being made sons of God, kings and priests in his kingdom. How did Jesus do this, you might ask? You see, when man fell, he fell into sin and out of fellowship with the Father. For the word of God says, can two walk together except they agree? So when they chose not to agree with God, but to agree with the enemy in that tree, they lost their fellowship. Therefore, man could not enter in to the true mercy seat to make an atonement for his sins. Because you see, the real mercy seat is in heaven. What was built in the tabernacle by Moses was a replica of it, a type and shadow of the real. Yet no sin can enter in to heaven, so man was stuck without a true and lasting atonement. Until Jesus... The biggest mistake the devil ever made was to kill him. Why? Because that he was guiltless. 
You see, death came by way of sin. So without sin, there should have been no death. Death had no hold on him. Jesus was the first man since Adam's fall at creation to die without sin. So was he then able to enter in to heaven to bring the blood of the atonement to the mercy seat of God and ask for the forgiveness of the people as our high priest in the heavenlies. So we understand that it was the high priest's job to bring atonement and to confess the people's sins for them and ask for their forgiveness that they entered into the Holy of Holies to bring the blood of the Lamb to the mercy seat. But there's a problem because what blood can Jesus bring into heaven with him besides his? So now you see the reason for the crucifixion. He made himself the sacrifice. But before he did this, he became betrothed to a bride. Because at the Last Supper, that Passover Seder, where he was preparing to be that lamb for us, he did something astonishing and unexpected. He sat with his disciples, who in this moment represented the church, and shared a cup over a meal. You see, in the culture of the time, when a man found his wife, they came together to share a cup of covenant over a meal in the bride's father's house. The bride didn't go to the groom's house. He came to hers, which is why Jesus had to leave the majesty of heaven to come down to earth. If she, the bride-to-be, drank of this cup of covenant, then she decreed that she agreed to be betrothed to him and to wait for him to prepare a place for them in his father's house. Jesus, the son of God, betrothed himself to the church that night over that cup of covenant. Judas was a sinner whom Jesus said, was possessed of Satan. Therefore was Satan there that night. 1 John chapter 3 tells us very plainly that the righteous are the children of God, but the unrighteous are the children of the devil. Therefore Satan, the father of the children of the unrighteous, unwittingly participated in the betrothal of his children to Jesus that night. So that now, as many as choose to leave their father's house and cling to Christ as a bride does to her husband, can be delivered from that house of bondage and no longer be counted among the family of it. They are brought into the family of their new husband. In this case, the family of God. How amazing and complex and simply perfect is what Jesus did for us. But what God did through Jesus didn't end there. Because once betrothed to the church and in covenant with her, he then acted as a covering for her 
protecting her and taking her place, being willing to lay down his life for his bride. He took the punishment for our sins that we might be set free from them. He covered us by standing in between us and the wrath of God that was coming for us under the law. This pleased God, for he did not desire our destruction, but his justice required that the law be fulfilled. Now, as if the majesty of the fullness of what God did for us on that day that has already been explained wasn't enough, there was yet another amazing benefit in Jesus' crucifixion for us. Because that he did betroth us and made us his bride when he died. All that was his was willed to his beloved. And in that moment, we who were nothing became the righteousness of God with all of the power, grace, and authority of his kingdom. Joint heirs with Christ as the scripture puts it, part of God's family, the son of God's wife, sharing one spirit. As we know, the scriptures say the two become one so that now, rather you be a Jew or a Gentile, we are all the same in the kingdom because of this man, Jesus. This is the mystery of God foretold through the ages, but not revealed or understood until Jesus fulfilled it in its fullness. When his blood was spilled, taking away our sinfulness and giving us his righteousness. For we have all, like sheep, gone astray and needed to be saved. So praise God for his amazing grace. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, we read this, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, speaking of the principalities. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Thank you, Father, for the amazing story that you have written on the pages of history. It truly is his story. Everything from creation to revelation is all knit together to bring us this declaration. Worthy is the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundation of the world to take our sin away, that he knew the end from the beginning. He knew that we would fall away, but yet he loved us so much that he made a way. He was not willing to let go of us. Lord, let this same mind that was in Christ be in us towards the rest of the family, no matter who they are. Jew or Gentile, male or female, free or bond, rich or poor, all are worthy to be brought to the table of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us. Thank you, O God of all creation, for working in such complex perfection, for being the fullness of what was needed 
to bring us redemption. Professor Peter Stoner was chairman of the Department of Mathematics at Pasadena City College and chairman of the Science Division at Westmont College. In his book, Science Speaks, Professor Stoner outlines the mathematical probability of one person in the first century fulfilling just eight of the most clear and straightforward messianic prophecies. He found that the odds of this happening by chance were 10 with 17 zeros following behind it. These numbers are so astronomically high that I don't even know what they're called. I can only tell you what they look like in the research. In fact, he went a little further to state that the calculations of the probability of one person fulfilling a full 48 of the Messianic prophecies were 1 in 10 followed by 157 zeros. Write that out and see what it looks like. My friend, there are hundreds of Messianic prophecies that were all fulfilled by Jesus. What that means is that scientifically and mathematically, it is an impossibility for one person to fulfill all of these prophecies accidentally. There had to be divine intervention. That is the majesty and the humility of our Jesus. So perfect, yet so simple. So powerful, yet so humble. So loving, and so holy. So exalted, yet so willing to sit and coddle the lowly. So just, and so righteous. So kind, gentle, and long-suffering. So omnipotent, yet completely intimate. He sits upon the circle of the world, the heavens are his throne, and the earth is his footstool. Yet he bottles all of our tears, holds our heart in his hands, and leads us daily with patience and grace that we do not deserve from someone so far above us. He sees the smallest details of our lives. He knows our pain. He removes our shame. He makes our crooked way straight. That's our king. He is a mystery and so worthy of our praises. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.